And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. Well, Mark, it's nice to have you here on this Saturday. You know, um, just looking at the uh, calendar, it is getting close to Christmas. I can't believe how fast time is going. Uh, Earlier this week, the weather has been terribly cold. Today it's warmer, thank the Lord for that. This time of year, Christians especially are thinking about the birth of Jesus and the coming into this world of Messiah Jesus. Um, For those who are of the tradition where they follow a a reading calendar in the church, either a weekly or a uh, daily reading calendar, uh, this is the time of Advent. There's some beautiful readings that are available that you may want to consider picking up yourself and following. And um, if you do that, you'll read through like about four of the Psalms in the morning, uh, an Old Testament reading. This time of year it would be uh, Isaiah, an epistle. Uh, This time of year would be Second Thessalonians and and a gospel uh, such as Luke. It's been very rich. Uh, I don't always have the time to do it, but when I do it, I am so glad that I've done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So anyway, it's not far from Christmas, and uh, just looking at the calendar, I see uh, today is the 11th already. Boy, it's coming fast. We've only got about two more weeks until the actual Christmas Day. But, you know, that kind of begs a question. Um, Mark, you and I may celebrate Christmas uh, yet, uh, history shows us that there have been those who have not, who are equally uh, in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, sometimes they they don't. Can you that's, help comment that's, upon that's that? That's right. And, and, and in fact, I, I know of uh, at least one family where they they're not celebrating Christmas because mm-hmm. they they felt it uh, may have been uh, too paganized or. And, and the Christmas Day itself um, may have started with uh, pagan celebrations and those mm-hmm. kind of things. And this is a Christian family. And this is a Christian you know. family. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things I want to point out, and and I think that this is the freedom that we have. And mm-hmm. if we look in Romans fourteen five, it says one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, and he who gives God thanks, and he who does not eat uh, to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. So, Mm -hmm. in other words, it's saying, we have freedom. Yeah. Sometimes we can uh, follow these celebrations and sometimes not, and sometimes there's good reasons, uh, you know, to get away from some of the the celebrations, mm-hmm. um, if they become polluted. Now, you had, um, before we opened the mic, you had given us an example, or you reminded me of an example from the Old Testament right. uh, of a uh, celebration of something that Israel was doing that God had even commanded them to do at one point in time. But over the course of many years, it got out of hand, and it became... Idolatrous. Can right. you can you remind us what right. that was? If you remember uh, when the the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, and uh, they complained, and and God sent serpents, 
and mm-hmm. uh, the serpents came and bit them, and and many died. And then uh, he told Moses, fashion a bronze serpent. Mm. And uh, he fashioned a bronze serpent, and anyone who looked at that bronze serpent would be saved. And uh, so uh, people were saved by that, and they kept that. Mm-hmm. And they kept that bronze serpent all the way up until the, the kingship of Hezekiah. Hmm. And Hezekiah took that. It was its name was called Nehushtan. Now, how many years had gone past? Well, oh, probably. Oh, probably I mean, I'm just trying to think more than a thousand years because we're getting oh, okay. we're we're getting right near the end. It's not forty or fifty years. No, here. it's a long, it's a period long, of time. long period right. of time. So here's this bronze serpent. Originally, exactly. God gave it to them. If these people were bitten in the wilderness by actual serpents, they were to look to this bronze serpent, and God would heal them. And and it was to be a reminder, and they kept it as a reminder of how God healed them in the wilderness. Yeah, so so far, so good. So far, so good, except then Mm -hmm. suddenly people started worshiping it. Oops. As though it was a god, and so Hezekiah destroyed it Mm. because of, of the abuse of uh, the so good gift of it. God, that was and, it. and so uh, that's that's what we have yeah. there. Yeah, and so there's there's concerns. I know the pilgrims when they first came to these shores, the very first Christmas, uh, the pilgrims went out and you know cut firewood and 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 worked. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. there were a few amongst them that wanted to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, and and it tells in the how the the party of uh, the hard workers came back and found these who wanted to celebrate Christmas playing games, and mm-hmm. they said, uh, "Excuse me, we thought you were." celebrating Christmas, not mm-hmm. going to stand here ba- play a game. So the afternoon, the whole crew went out and worked. So, you know, they they didn't because uh, they felt that uh, very much uh, the Christmas yeah. celebration had been paganized. Uh-huh. So we have this freedom uh, to celebrate, and we have the freedom not to celebrate. We really do, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And I think I tend to favor celebrating Mm-hmm. Because I think the incarnation was the the pivotal point of history for so many mm. reasons. Well, let's um, take a quick break at this point, and when we come back, let's talk about that incarnation and what Jesus was looking forward to. And, of course, eventually that would be the cross, right? Exactly. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll listen to some music that's not necessarily Christmas music, but that's a, a profound reminder of Jesus coming into this world and what he was looking forward to as he died for his people. Stay with us. You're listening to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We'll be right back. What can take a dying man and raise him up to life again? What can heal the wounded soul? What can make us white as snow? What can fill the emptiness? What can mend our brokenness? Brokenness. And mighty, awesome, from 
mighty is the power of the cross. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. What restores our faith in God? What reveals the Father's love? What can lead the wayward home? What can melt a heart of stone? What can free the guilty ones? What can save and overcome? Overcome My awesome, wonderful Is the Holy Cross Where the Lamb laid down His life To lift us from Welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about Jesus Christ coming into this world and celebrating his birth. And what was it that he was looking forward to as he came as the Savior of his people? So, uh, Mark, when we had the mic off, you had mentioned a complicated, what sounded like a complicated word. Why don't you take it from there? Okay, yeah. Um, Curdeus Homo, which is a name of a book that mm-hmm. was written in the uh, Middle Ages by Anselm and translated it, it simply means why God became man. Why was it necessary for him to become man? So here was Jesus. It says that he, he lays aside his glory mm. and, and he comes to the earth uh, 
taking on the form of man. Uh, that is so profound to think that he would do this. Go ahead. Right, and and people don't seem to realize that this is a, a, a huge humiliation for Jesus yeah. Christ. We tend to over-sentimentalize the, the birth of Jesus Christ. Oh, isn't it wonderful? This baby is born. And, right. and yeah, that is, is wonderful, but... But understand what's going on in Philippians 2, where it talks about in the passage we call the kenosis passage, Mm -hmm. where it talks about Jesus emptying himself. Mm. This was a humiliation, you know, that uh, he would become man is a big step down. And so, but that was necessary. Mm -hmm. And of course, the reason that that was necessary goes all the way back to the creation and uh, after the creation and the first sin of mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, where they disobeyed God and the yeah. alienation that they uh, experienced from God yeah. was so severe. That was a fall, wasn't it? That yes. was a fall from, as some um, theologians smarter than myself will say, they fell from the estate yes. wherein they were created. Yep, they did. They fell yeah. from the, that estate. Mm-hmm. And we often, I feel, in this society, fail to appreciate how alienated we are from God mm-hmm. apart from Jesus Christ. You know, that is true um, because um, as Adam and Eve fall, uh, they are the representative of the whole human race. And, uh, well, we may not like that, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> you know, some things we may not like, but the fact is, that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, and so that fall of Adam and Eve brings mankind, all of mankind, men, women, boys, girls, into a, this estate of sin and misery. Yeah. So they were in one estate, they fall, and so that is passed on to all of us. That's right. And and the thing about the state of sin and misery is that we can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the big problem. Often we think, well, if if we just try harder, if we just have a better environment, if we do this or that, things will improve. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, and I think it's the beauty, you know, I mean, Galatians it talks about when the fullness of time had come, God yes. sent forth his son. Amen. Born right. of a woman, born under the law. Yeah. Now, the fullness of time... We see a history coming before this. Mm-hmm. And when we look at that history, we see a history of glimmers of, of good things happening and glimmers of great failures mm-hmm. and constant failures. And one of the interesting things, you mentioned earlier that the Advent readings, a lot of them uh, are out of Isaiah. Mm. Uh, one of the interesting passages that deals especially with Christmas mm-hmm. is Isaiah seven fourteen. And it says, and this shall be a sign. Behold, a virgin shall bring forth and bear forth a son. Mm-hmm. And his name will be called Emmanuel. Now, hmm. the interesting thing about that is that was done in context with King Ahaz. Mm-hmm. And, and Isaiah said, Ahaz, you know, and, and of course it was a political conflict. And Ahaz, understand, was one of the worst kings the southern kingdom of Judah had ever seen. Mm. He even sacrificed some of his children. He was an extremely wicked king. And so, by all rights, uh, God should have abandoned him. <laughs> and and uh, But God was going to save him politically 
He said, "Ask for a sign." Ahaz and Ahaz said, "I don't, I don't want a sign." Oh, yes. He he refused it, and then Isaiah gave him one anyhow. And what was the sign of? It was a sign of the Messiah who would come and take away sins. And 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 I think that's the thing. Ahaz didn't want to recognize his own sin, and Isaiah mm-hmm. is saying, "Look." This is your real problem. Yes. Your real problem is not the Assyrian Empire. Your real problem mm-hmm. is your sin. Yeah. So way back there, um, God has a plan. That's right. And we start to see these glimpses. We, I, I remember John Vance has shared with us how that uh, without Jesus, without uh, the New Testament, these things are very much hidden in the old, and they're not so evident. They're right. not so obvious until God, by his Spirit, opens our eyes to what he was doing all along. Right. It's just a wonderful thing. But here is Jesus, uh, the incarnation. Jesus lays aside his glory. He takes on human flesh. He empties himself, as you said earlier. And now he's he's in the world. He will will grow up. He will start a a life of ministry. And we read all about him in the Gospels. But there's something he's headed towards and it's yes. something wonderful at the same time that it is terrible right. Can we talk about that a little yes bit? but even before we get there yeah. understand when he lived his life he lived it perfectly amen he lived the life adam and eve should have lived yes and then all okay. of us should have lived and so we we have the this positive righteousness that he has mm-hmm. but then he's not just living for himself He's living for us, and therefore he has to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to Mount Sinai, well, we see that, that uh, and even before Mount Sinai, and God making his covenant with Abraham, and even before that in the garden where God killed the animals hmm. so that he could cover Adam and oh, Eve, yes. we have the symbolism of a sacrifice needing to be made that something had to die. And so God mm. sent forth his son to die. Mm-hmm. And, and he had to come to die for our sins. Now, uh, one of the things we see in, in Hebrews, uh, that the priest, that Jesus was a priest, and uh, in verse 11 of chapter 9 it says, But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, uh, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle. And then in verse 12, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. With his own blood. You know, mm-hmm. we we had sacrifices in the Old Testament, and of course in Hebrews here it, it tells how, well, if those sacrifices were meaningful back then, how much more Jesus Christ. Yeah. But then in, in chapter 10, in verse 4, it says, but understand what's going on in the Old Testament, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Mm-hmm. So that was really... Um, something which was temporary. It was a temporary thing that yeah. was pointing to the reality of the blood that could take yes. away sins, and that was Jesus' blood mm-hmm. dying on the cross for our sins. So here's Jesus. He he becomes man. He is indeed the Son of God, um, but he takes to himself this this true body. It's it's That's truly right. a human body, right? And as uh, the Catechism says, a reasonable soul um, being conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit right. in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and, and he's born of her, 
And it's important to note that he's born without sin. That's right. Uh, sometimes you hear people talk about sinless perfection, and really the only one that's sinlessly perfect is our Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that's, that's correct. He was the only one, and, and that's yeah. why the, the virgin birth occurred. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that um, if he had been born um, not by the power of the Holy Ghost in, in the womb of the Virgin Mary, he would have also have inherited Sin. Sin. He would have been conceived in sin, as David yeah. said in, yeah. in, in Psalm 51. Uh, so that's important. In sin, my mother conceived me. But he, he was not conceived in sin. Yeah. So um, here he is, and yeah. so he, he has a destiny. He has a work to perform for his people. That's, that's right. And, yeah. and you made a great point that he is fully God and fully human. And that yeah. was important. Going back to Anselm, we talked about Anselm. Yeah. Cordeus uh, Homo, he he basically his arguments run along the line as why did he have to be human? <laughs> well, he had to be human because it ought to be a human that suffers for human sin. Yes, it was a human who sinned, and therefore a human needed to suffer for that. And why did he need to be God? Well, he needed to be God to have the power and righteousness to be able to take away the sin, because no other humans could do that. Mm. I'm reminded, too, how that uh, Jesus has aspects. He's also, he's a priest, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Uh, He he executes this office of priest as um, he offers himself up in in sacrifice. And and as he does this, and this is what you've been shooting for all along here, I shouldn't say that today's the last day of hunting season, no no pun (laughs) intended. Um, As he does that, he is satisfying divine justice. That's right. He is providing a path, and it's not available through any way else, anyone else, right. to reconcile us to God. That's right. And, and, and then he will continue to make intercession for his people. This is a marvelous account. I want to call it a story, and, and yet not confuse that with like make-believe fables. This is a wonderful story. It is, you and know. you used an incredible term there, and that's the term reconciliation. Um, Christ was reconciling the world to God, because mm-hmm. understand what's happened. In our sin, we are not children of God, we're enemies of God. Yeah, that's true. And he is our enemy. <laughs> but through Jesus Christ, we're transformed from enemies into children of yeah. God. So here's Jesus Christ. Um, he's humiliated by coming to this world and being born in such a, a low condition, we could say. Right. Um, he actually goes through a lot of the miseries, same miseries in this life that we, we do. And ultimately, he has to endure the wrath of God for right. our sins. We That's already right. said he didn't sin, but for our sins, he... He dies on the cross. That's, that's it. He, as Scripture says, uh, he became sin for us who hmm. knew no sin. Now that yeah. is a profound statement. <laughs> he didn't become a sinner. He became sin for us mm-hmm. who knew no sin. And imagine um, you had mentioned earlier the book of Isaiah, and um, most people I think that have been around the church are familiar with Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a verse in there that talks about 
a little bit of what he went through, and it says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And what kind of blows my mind is the fact that here is Creator God, as he lays aside his glory and humbles himself, he becomes despised. He becomes mm-hmm. rejected of men, when in fact we are the ones who are the sinners. Right. Uh, right. Uh, this, this is no wonder he's described yeah, as a man of sorrows. Yeah, that's uh, one yeah. of my favorite hymns, O Sacred Head Not Wounded, which is a very <laughs> old hymn. Yeah. Uh, has a, I believe, it, I can't remember the second or third verse, but it has a little phrase, mine, mine was the transgression, yes. but yours yes. the deadly pain. Well, I see we're getting short on time already in this broadcast today. We want to encourage you to uh, attend church uh, tomorrow, the Lord's Day. Um, it will be the third week in Advent, beginning tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're inclined to read the Scripture, and I hope you are, uh, there are guides that are available um, during this whole season of Advent, just really rich, wonderful mm-hmm. passages that have been selected out uh, by the church over the ages. And um, those are available. would encourage you to look them up and get them. Email us. We'll be glad to uh, send you a list if necessary. But a uh, couple of wrap-up thoughts as we close uh, today's program. Yeah, when I, I think of uh, Christmas, you cannot separate uh, Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. And, of course, we look at that, and, and we do tend to sentimentalize that and think about that mm. and you know, the, the silent night and, and, and how mm-hmm. great it is. And there is a greatness to this, because without it, uh, we would never be reconciled to God. But we can never forget that the Incarnation had a purpose, not just that Jesus would come and be some kind of a great example for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, he was a great example, but his primary purpose was to die as a sacrifice for sins. Mm -hmm. And to uh, celebrate Christmas without seeing the cross is to miss what Christmas is all about. Amen. Couldn't put it better. Thank you very much. A reminder, if you have a question regarding today's broadcast, you may email us. And either myself or Pastor Diedrich or one of the other pastors will answer your question. Just email it to ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. That's ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Thanks for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. We trust that the Lord richly blesses your life today with His grace and His peace as you serve Him. Amen. Power of the cross.